Welcome, everybody, to another uh, episode of the Forgotten Outdoors podcast. Today, it, we are so excited. We have Landon Cleverly, one of our longtime childhood friends, on the episode. Guys, this is our first Thanks, guest on first our guest. podcast. Yeah, no uh, pressure. No good. pressure for you, man. This go down in history. It's going to be good, man. Yeah, wow. so we have Landon on the show. Um, we're going to be kind of going a different direction than we usually do with the episode. Usually we are uh, you know, talking about hunting and fishing and, and that kind of thing. But today we're going to be talking more about some of Landon's outdoor passions. Um, some of the ones that we kind of talked about, discussed before yeah. this at our fancy breakfast was, <laughs> um, was mountain biking, snow machining. So we're going to get into that, but... Um, welcome, Landon, Sweet. to the Thank you. To Forgotten Outdoors podcast. Thanks, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're excited to have guests. I think that um, for us, that's going to be our way of hopefully giving our listeners a yeah. wide range of cool. activities to kind of learn about. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we are not into mountain biking, but it's something yeah. that is it gets you in outdoors, which is oh, the yeah. whole point of Forgotten Outdoors. So oh, yeah. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, okay. and then we'll kind of get into some questions. Sweet. I like it. Well, first of all, thanks. I got to say Thomas and Ben are very generous uh, guys. They invited me out here, took me to a real nice breakfast. <laughs> we wined and dined him at like seven in the morning. Yeah. The wine at seven in the morning was rough, but uh, so this, is, this episode might get a little off track. Um, Anyway, so thanks. It's it's cool to be here and to be part of this. Uh, I'm a listener as well, so it's I feel like a fan that like gets on stage with Beyonce or something. Oh right gosh, now, so. we're basically queen. Basically, queen. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, so grateful to be here. But yeah. Uh, yeah, a little background on me: grew up in Sugar City, um, and the reason I loved that is because, in my opinion, it's like every kid should grow up in sugar city idaho because <laughs> yeah. it's like you have access to everything you feel like the world's wide open you can go out if you want to go fishing mm -hmm. super easy drive five minutes to a river yeah. there you go yeah um if you want to go camping grab your buddies go for the weekend mm -hmm. like that's what we did growing up yeah and i mean like how many times <clears throat> did we float that little section of river oh my, right oh, behind my dude. house oh yeah that was like all summer it's like right. yeah today we're doing it again yeah <laughs> we're gonna float it again it's like <laughs> again we've done it four times but let's do it again grab yeah. the mountain dews put it in the raft and let's roll you yeah, know that was fun um canals oh yeah rivers. yeah i mean so that's the stuff that i loved growing up and i think that's a good foundation for like any kid so mm -hmm. you know when i have kids i would love to give them that same experience yeah. um like a city's cool right but you just don't get that same i don't know vibe or feeling when you're there when you're right. out in the outdoors it's like that's where great things happen good memories are made so yeah um, that's where my love of the outdoors was kind of cultivated right yeah you, you said something there about you know like in the city so you live in a more urban environment now oh yeah and i don't want to sidetrack us already but i'm sure. going to do it so do it being classic fan yeah that's right I'm, I'm here all, we go i'm all over we're the not going to talk about mountain bikes today <laughs> if we get to it it'll be a it'll be a surprise for the listeners yeah. they, they know they know if you listen you know <laughs> no but and I'm, I'm kind of the same way i moved to idaho falls it's a more urban yeah. environment right um so how do you how are you still getting in the outdoors with the urban environment i think all of us kind of have yeah more desk indoor jobs now right. so so yeah. what what are you doing to, to get outside like on yeah. a daily basis or weekly or it's a good question so that's really that's where mountain biking came in is because yeah. 
you know, like I said, I had that foundation growing up and then life starts to happen. You go to college, you just don't have time. You get married, you get a job. Yeah. Then it's like, geez, I just don't have the time I used to in high school, mm -hmm. uh, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's where it was like, okay, now I have to get a little more creative to get myself outdoors. And so that's when I started watching some videos on Instagram about mountain bikes and all this stuff. And I live in Ogden, Utah, um, which is like prime time for mountain biking. There's yeah. trails everywhere really? in Ogden. Yeah. And they're like world-class, well-maintained. Like it's a great place to start mountain biking. And so I hit up my uncle who he's a big mountain biker. And I just said, Hey man, like what's a good bike? Yeah. I want to get into it. And I didn't know a dang thing about mountain biking. I was like, oh, it's easy. You just hop on the bike and start riding like normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's way more to it. So he recommended a bike, bought it, and that was kind of like my vehicle to get out in the outdoors again. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. so I guess talk to us a little bit about um, the startup like investment to getting into that sport. Like you said, yeah. you got to get a bike, but like right. what... I guess what also comes along with a bike, I'm right. just because I don't know. Yeah, from like a gear standpoint. Yeah, gear and just like making sure that you're going to enjoy it. So it's right. not like a miserable experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, get a chamois. Uh, most people don't know what that is, nope. but <laughs> it's it's a, like padded spandex. <laughs> get that. Sham wow for the bum. Sham, yeah. <laughs> chamois. <laughs> Sham wow. <laughs> Water. Well, it's like a padded. Like sometimes when you maybe get maybe a chamois soaks up some water too. <laughs> this is gonna be a rough episode. Guys. Uh, no, it's just like uh, you know, it protects you <laughs> from uh, misfortunes with your seat. I'll say that because they don't make mountain bike seats very comfortable. Yeah, um, they just make it so you have somewhere to sit so i mean that's an important piece but well so um, are you typically standing up is that why uh so it depends i mean when you're climbing you're sitting down Got right it. and your seat position's high and you're just climbing pedaling away right but when you're going down that's when there's another thing for people who are looking into mountain bikes mm -hmm. there's something called a dropper seat post basically it's super cool you have your handlebars, it's just a little lever, and you push the button, it's hydraulic, and you can mm. raise and lower your oh. seat just with a push of the button. So kind of like an office chair type of hydraulic. Kind of like an office chair, yeah. You just like push the button, Get and out your, of your, seat, way. Yeah, your seat will pop up, or if you're about to go down a drop or start going downhill with on that track, you just push the button, push your seat down, and it's out of your way. Oh, cool. Because body cool. position is a big deal, things like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, so... That's an important component for a bike is like a dropper seat post. I right. would argue that's like one of the most important things to have really? on okay. a mountain bike. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, anyways, so, so I was chamois. Chamois, get that. There's like specific shoes that you can get so you have grip on your pedals okay. so that, you know, when you're doing a downhill run, you don't want your foot to slip off and then you just eat it, right? Yeah. I've yeah. seen that happen with Perfect guys though. that just wear like, excuse me. That breakfast, man. Abracadabra. Boom. Gotcha. Excuse me. So, you know, I've seen that happen where guys just are like, oh, I'm just going to wear my Nikes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's fine, but there's, you know, there's brands of just specific mountain bike shoes. Well, I think we can uh, yeah. all relate to uh, slipping off a pedal and 
Oh. Ace in your shin. Oh, Raking yeah. that shin right across there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So I can only imagine that's 10 times worse when oh. you're going down yeah. a mountain. And, yeah. and the thing is, so there's two different kinds of pedals on a mountain bike. You have what they call clipless pedals, which is dumb because those are the ones that actually have a clip on them. I don't know why they call it clipless. Oh, that's don't weird. ask me, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Some mountain bike community thing, but um, they came up with it. And so you have those, and those are the ones that you're like locked into your pedal with your specific shoe, right? Yeah. And in order to get off of that, you have to like twist your foot to let it come off. Right. Um, for me, where I was a beginner, I was like, okay, I don't want to like lose my balance, not be able to get out of my clips yeah. and then smoke my shoulder or something like that. Yeah. And so they have just what they call flats and that's just like your regular pedal, mm-hmm. but they have these little bolts on them. And mm. so it's like very grippy and I have scars on the back of my leg from... From slipping off. off or just like stepping over my bike to start riding and i just like rake it across brush the pedal and it just like cuts you up but, Ooh, freak um they're super grippy though once you're riding and you have the right shoes there's a nice rubbery bottom and it's like you're basically clipped in right, yeah. right. Um, but you can if you do start to biff you can bail you can bail oh yeah, yeah because yeah. i've seen those ones with the clips uh-huh the clipless as yeah. you're saying yeah and like, I remember I was talking to my in-laws, and they have those. Uh-huh. And my mother-in-law specifically was like, yeah, I when I first started doing it, yeah, she's like, I would go to, like, park my bike, and I would just, like, tip over. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man. That makes no sense. Why right. would you want? But, I mean, to each their own. To each yeah. their own. Yeah. So, for me, as a new rider and people just getting into it, I was, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but I was like, Hey man, if I can just do flats, I'm going to do that instead. Yeah, so you can sure. bail. Yeah, so I can bail. It's it was a little cheaper too, mm-hmm. and so I just went with that route, and and I love it. The argument for the clips is like you have more efficiency when you're pedaling, but because you can pull probably right. Pull yeah, up. you have a little bit more up, but so what would you recommend for somebody starting in? The, I would do flats. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh so yeah. You felt like that was a good call. Yeah, and and they're starting to get better quality too, and so I see a lot of guys. Uh, like moving away from the clipless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when you're, when you were getting your first bike yeah, and now you've probably yeah. bought a bike or two since, yeah. um, what would you recommend for somebody kind of price point wise if okay. they want to get into it? Because yeah, like for me, I don't know, you, you can probably buy a, a mountain bike for, you know, 10 grand and you can yeah, go to you, could. you can go you to totally Walmart could. for like 60 bucks right you know so like yeah. what's a what's a good beginner because a lot of people yeah. might might not like the sport once they get into right. it and you don't want to make a ginormous investment yeah yeah that's a good question the benefit if you get into it you buy a bike and you want to sell it the used bike market is insane right now oh cool so I mean, I had a bike that I sold this year and I sold it for more than I bought it for <laughs> just because with COVID and everything, people are like all about getting outdoors yeah. and mountain bikes have been sold out everywhere. Like it's hard to find a budget bike mm-hmm. that's good. Right. Um, just from like a store, you gotta go to the used market for sure. But, um, my first experience, so my uncle's like the $10,000 bike guy. Yeah. And so when I went to him, to him, a budget bike was like three grand. Yeah, right. So I was like, all right, sweet. Like, let's, let's go for it. And yeah. he sent me a bike and I went for it. Um, soon after I started riding, people on the trailer were like, dang, that's a nice bike. And I started to realize, like, I probably went overkill. 
yeah, on this thing. On like bike. it was probably too much bike for me, honestly. It had like huge Fox suspension and stanchions on the front and huh. this sweet rear suspension that like locks out and all this stuff. Like yeah. it was a sweet bike. It was a carbon fiber frame and everything huh. like, you know, top of the line deal. Um, anyways. And so for me, like that's where I started. Yeah. Um, and so it would be hard to go backwards if you know what yeah, I mean. So I'm probably sure. looking right the, now that I've experienced <laughs> like the Cadillac of mountain bikes. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, now I got to <laughs> don't want to go back to Toyota. Yeah. I can't go back. <laughs> can't, get, can't go drive a Corolla. Around. Yeah. I can't go get a Corolla now. I could, but, um, you know, you can buy a great bike for a full suspension bike, probably for like a thousand to between thousand and two thousand okay. dollars. You're not going to get a carbon fiber frame. That's not a huge deal, honestly, yeah. in my opinion. For someone just starting, like the couple pound or like a pound or two difference isn't going to ruin your day. Mm. It might make your climb a little harder, but, yeah. uh, right. you know, it's not too bad. Um, so that would be a good budget. I have a buddy. He bought a bike for like 750 bucks mm. and he rode everywhere I rode last year. Um, his bike was just fine. Like I swapped so, him bikes and I would uh, ride his sometimes and it was pretty good. So really the price point is just going to more make it like convenient. It's like you can do it yeah. with a cheaper Oh bike. yeah. Yeah, okay. you bet. And so like the difference is really in the components of the bike. It's like you're talking about suspensions <clears throat> yes. and the weight of yeah, the Yeah, suspension, weight, like the handlebars, you know, uh, wider handlebars make it easier to be more stable. Hmm. Um, so it's just like these bikes that are higher end just have more thought out like geometry if that makes sense yeah. like the head angle for your front tire if it's sticking out like that or if it's tucked oh, okay. in more towards the frame that kind of thing and so crazy. um yeah. anyways there's there's geometry that goes into these bikes to like optimize them for climbing or for downhill yeah um or for like enduro which is both um, so like an enduro, like hybrid. yeah, an enduro is like, you're going to climb, but you're also going to rip it downhill and you want to yeah. hit some jumps too. And so, um, that's the bike I had. Cause I was like, I like the BMX side of things too. Yeah. And I like to jump and do that kind of stuff. I'm no good at it, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I hit a huge, massive jump. There's a bike park in Ogden. And I was going way too fast. I was like so in over my head. I probably went like 10 feet in the air, bailed off my bike, just yard sailed. My water <laughs> bottle went flying. My glasses, my glasses were like hanging off my head. A lens popped out. Oh, man. <laughs> it was like, I went with some, some other guys and they came up and they were like, dude, are you okay? And luckily I was fine. But, um, see the BMX style is fun. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me because, uh, I grew up pretty close to Landon's house, and Landon's dad <laughs> built the dopest BMX track for us. We were like, yeah, how sweet. old were we? Like freaking six, seven? Oh, dude, I don't even know. And yeah. we're out there hitting these jumps, and I just remember thinking I was so cool, but I was probably getting like six inches off the ground. Yeah, man. I don't so know. I think it's, I just think it's dope that like you're still into that. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, I don't know if my body can take it, but <laughs> after that, I tamed it down. I never hit that jump again. I was like, I'm not no. doing that. No way. <laughs> Um, next year I'll get it, but yeah. you know, and that's, that's the other thing I like about it. You know, you can get into like, Oh, this bike or that bike, you know, it, like all these fine details, but in the reality of it, it's like, I was outside Yeah, and it was like, I didn't care if I was riding a Ibis, which is a great bike. That's what I had. Or if I'm riding a bike from Walmart, I'm mm -hmm. like, 
I don't even care, dude. The mongoose. The mongoose, mongoose. bro. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if I'm just, if I'm on the trail and just yeah. outdoors, like challenging myself, yeah. um, that's what I loved about it. Like my first ride on that bike, I took it out and. And this is your, your $3,000 bike. This is the Ibis. Yeah. Got it. Um, anyways, I go out and I'm just like dinking around. I don't know the trails in Ogden very well. So I show up and there's this guy, he's probably like 55 or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, I could probably keep up with him. Yeah. And we make some conversation. He's like, well, do you want to follow me? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I have no idea where I'm at right now as far as like where the trails go or anything like that. So we start climbing and this dude smokes me and (laughs) I was dying. I was just like, I didn't realize how out of shape I was. Yeah. And we, I look back at it now and I was like, I didn't go far at all. Like I (laughs) did not make it. And we get to the top of this little crest on the, it's the Bonneville shoreline trail on the Wasatch front mountains. It's beautiful, but we get up there and we were knowing now, I didn't know this at the time, but we were only like a quarter of the way to where you actually want to end up on the trail. And I had to tell the dude, I was like, bro, I can't make it. (laughs) Like you go on without me. I'm just going to ride down to my pickup and get out of here. (laughs) I'm Uh, done. Yeah. Yeah. But then in my mind, just like the way I am, I'm like, I'm going to conquer that trail. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to make it on that trail. And so having the ability to like try something over and over and over again. And now it's like, I can go do that trail in 30 minutes. Right. And it's just like not a big deal. It's just a fun little trail I go on now. And then you just keep stepping that up and keep challenging yourself on different lines and different runs. And, uh, anyways, that's what I've loved about it. It just, it gets you outdoors and it's a challenge and it like gives you that progression. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, it sounds pretty similar to what we've talked about gear wise. Yeah. As far as like, we talked about hunting boots the other day Sure. and that you can go and be successful in the outdoors with a $60 pair of boots. Oh yeah. You can also spend, you know, 400 bucks on a pair of boots and it's just going you can still do the activity but it's going to be more comfort it's going to give you a wider wider range having a little bit nicer gear so starting out oh yeah if you're not going to be like going into the most intense places the the craziest places out there for hunting wise yeah you can start out basic yeah if you want to and it sounds like the same with mountain biking so percent another question that i had was we, we talked about in a couple episodes ago, starting hunting, there's this yeah. passport program in okay. Idaho where you don't have to go through Hunter's Ed. Nice. You don't have to do nice. any of that coursework or anything. You get a one-time chance to go out and hunt with somebody. You get a, you get a That's license. That's pretty sweet. So, That's cool. So if somebody is wanting to get into mountain biking yeah. and they don't <clears throat> want to buy a bike, they don't know if they're even going to like it, yeah. what kind of resources yeah. are there? Like rental shops? Good question. Are there like trailheads where it's like they have the rentals, they take people up? Is there sure. that kind of opportunity? They Yeah, they have. I mean, you can go to any bike shop and say, hey, I want to rent a full suspension bike. It'll mm-hmm. probably cost mm-hmm. you, you know, for a good solid bike. 200 bucks for the day, gotcha. maybe a little less, 150 depends. Uh, that's a great way to do it. I did that for my wife. Cause I was like on the edge. I'm like, I'm going to go spend 1500 bucks. I'm going to buy my wife this bike yeah. and we're going to go together all the time. Right. <laughs> oh, I was so wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> so 
Because she doesn't like it. Gentlemen, no, no. And so <laughs> rent your wife the bike first. Yeah. Uh, we went and rented a bike. I took her on a crappy trail. I feel terrible. I ruined it for myself. I should have known. <laughs> should have gone easy. I should have gone on an easier trail. I hated the trail. It was terrible. But anyways, so we rented her a bike and we were pumped and we were really excited. And we get out there and it's like a, they, they rank the trails like a ski run. It was like a black diamond or double black diamond trail. You could like barely ride the thing because it was just like boulders everywhere. And it was crazy. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get her back next year. But um, renting is a great benefit. I mean, you would have to rent a bunch of times to go spend three grand. And so you might as well, you know, if you spend 250 bucks renting a couple times and you're like, you know what? I dig this. Like, this is sweet. Yeah. Then you can go make that investment, right? So, so yeah. as far as like uh, mountain biking community, like, yeah. like I know, like um, for hunting, they have like elk addicts and stuff like that yep. on on Facebook, where you can. Yep. There's like public forums. You can ask questions. Are there oh, yeah. things like that for? I'm assuming there's things like that for yeah, mountain biking. But for like, sure, what are they? For sure. Um, I I don't know a ton of them, but there's one. There's an app that you can download called Trail Forks. Okay. Um, it's cool. It actually gives you a map of like all the trails in the United States, which oh, is pretty sweet. sweet. And it, mm. and so you can go in there and there's forums and communities there. You can look up people on their profiles and you can kind of chat with people about the trail. You can give updates on a trail. You can talk about, Hey, let's all get together. There's a little group going to wherever snow basin. We're going to go ride that. Um, so there's like communities like that. I'm sure there's other forums too, for right. sure. What, what was yeah. it called again? Trail Forks. Trail Forks. And is it like yep. bike specific trails? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It sounds yep. like a Onyx for, for, biking. for biking. So Probably. like in the hunting community, yeah. Yeah. there's an Onyx app where it shows property exactly. boundaries and yeah. water and, and things like that. That's so sweet. Trail yeah. Forks. So it's cool. And it tells you like, here's what you can expect on the trail. You can upload pictures. There's videos. There's like trail condition updates if it's real wet in the spring or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's really useful for new mountain bikers. That's what I used when I just started. It was like, I don't know where any trails are. It's like, I know I'm in the mountains. There's gotta be something around here. Um, but that's what I used and it was very useful. Yeah. It tells you what direction to ride the trail. Um, anyways, it gives you everything you need to know. Trail forks. So that, yeah. Trail forks, plug. Trail forks. Trail, Trail forks. forks. There you go. Yeah, because that would be like one of my biggest questions. If I didn't have somebody like holding my hand trying right. to get yeah. into the sport, would be like, so yeah, I can figure out where a bike shop is. I could probably get a bike, but it's like, yep. now where the where do I go? Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. yeah, right. I don't want to just go up to the mountains, and, and you don't want to start on like a black diamond, right? Like you're talking about with your wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that was cool. That would be horrible. So, yeah, it's real cool. Like greens, they're pretty just nice and easy. It's good to like, you can learn how to shift and like mm-hmm. learn that process and technique. And then you just work your way up and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So how often do you, would you say that you like actually get out and you get to mountain bike? Like how often do you do it? Um, I mean, I did it two or three times a week. Hmm. Yeah. I would either wake up early Just during morning. the nicer months. Yeah. Obviously yeah. we're in winter, we have snow. Right. Yeah. And I live in Utah and I kick myself for selling my bike because trails are, we don't like today or not today, but this year has just been a crappy year for snow thus far down in Utah. And so it's like, I could have been riding all day, all year. (laughs) And there's guys that will, they'll, they just keep their bike and they ride in the winter, just put a big fat tire on them. Yeah. um, And then they just ride in the winter. 
wow. which would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But, you know, so I would say, yeah, from like March to freaking November, you can ride all the time. That's cool. So, yeah. So, um, you said you sold your bike. Yep. Is that a common kind of thing? People will sell their bike through and not have yeah. one through the winter and then upgrade the next year. Is that Good kind question. of the... Sometimes, yeah, it just depends. But yeah. that's a lot of the, you know, people will get a new bike every year or something like that. It's probably like upgrading your bow. You yeah. don't need to, but... Yeah. Yeah. That honestly wasn't my plan when I started. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this capital investment. I'm right. going to, you know, I'm going to ride it for five years or four years or whatever. But then I was like, dang, the used bike market's pretty dang good. Like yeah. I can get exactly what I put into this and more. And then I can go out and buy the next bike that I'm after. Yeah. Um, just like a different model. And so, uh, that's kind of where I was because your riding kind of evolves mm -hmm. after your first few years, then you kind of figure out, okay, like this is what I really like. Yeah. Then you can kind of buy a bike that's specific to that type of riding. Mm -hmm. um, that's cool. Yeah. Anyways. And to the, probably the area and the trails that you're going to be on. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so like Utah is really good for enduro bikes just because there's a ton of climbing that you can do, but then you can go to like Park City or Deer Valley and they you just have the lift. lift access. Yeah. You get to the top of mountain. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. And you they just, do that at Targhee too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Targhee, they just opened it up and they do, or they just like revamped their trails and stuff. Oh, cool. And they have some nice trails there as well. Huh. People come from all over to ride those. It's cool. Um, but yeah, Park City, I mean, you, you just go to the top of this lift and then you just rip down. And like, <laughs> that's what that it's sounds, all about. That sounds oh, my kind of bike. Oh, man. <laughs> Climbing part. Shake that. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking fork. Yeah, there, there's a trail that's well known on the, like, by Snow Basin um, down in Utah. And it's called the, like, Sardine Loop. Mm -hmm. And that thing is a beast like that climb sucks. <laughs> and, but the downhill, so it's this huge loop. I want to say it's like eight miles Ooh. or something like that. Up? Uh, no, it's, oh, like, it's probably oh like, gosh. I want to say it's probably like a good four or five mile climb though. And you're, you're climbing. Let me look it up. I can tell you exactly what, what the statistics the mileage are. Is on it. Let me pull up my trail forks here. Trail another forks. Plug. Another plug. We're going to say, <laughs> we're going to say trail forks a bunch of times here. So that trail you forks, if you want to sponsor this video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, now from our sponsors. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. It is like a crazy trail. Anyways, my phone is, uh, not working right now, but oh. forgive me. We can take pause. You want to take pause? No, yeah. Let's take pause. Yeah, let's take, we can take look pause. It up real Sounds quick. good. Okay. I like it. Friends and listeners, this felt like a pretty natural place in our conversation to take a quick break, collect some of our thoughts, and we also wanted to stay somewhat consistent with the length of our episodes moving forward. So this is part one of this episode, this session. If you are still interested in hearing more of our conversation with Landon, please tune in to part two.